0: I am joined by author, speaker, and filmmaker, Erin Aaron Wiley-Sands. Erin Aaron helps people identify what's holding them back. She helps them figure out the root cause and helps them overcome it. So we're going to be talking to her about her journey and her story and how she helps people figure out what's holding them back and overcome it. So Erin, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here, Curtis. Thank you so much.
0: Why don't you start off by giving everybody a little bit of background about yourself?
1: Sure, I'd love to. As you already shared, my name is Erin Wiley-Sands, and I am an author. I'm the author of The Dunes Book, which is faith based, inspirational faith-based book for personal growth. I am the creator of an online course called Live More. Carry Less, where I do use my IRO method to help people identify what's been holding them back, recognize the root cause, because until you recognize the root cause and until you, you know, dig something out and cut off that root, it will continue to grow. And then I give you challenges and tools to overcome it. And I am also, as you said, a filmmaker. I created an award-winning docudramedy entitled STEM, which features the stories. It's sort of back in the day in the 90s, they had play that toured the world called Vagina Monologues. And it was a secular play that really shared women's stories. So STEM is in that vein, but it is a faith-based play. It's a Christian, not play. It began as a play, but now it is a film. It's a Christian movie where women talk about the stories. They tell their personal true stories of tragedy to triumph. And we cover issues that are not usually covered, like domestic violence, rape, dealing with a parent with Alzheimer's and fertility. We really touch on subjects that are not usually touched on, I believe in the Christian audience. And so we give women a voice and let them know that, that these things that they've been going through, that they are not alone. And that if these women have overcome them, then they can too.
0: Well, what got you started into writing and, and going on the journey that your own and creating your docudramedy?
1: Okay. Well, I, I've always been in the creative arts. I went When I was younger, I would dance and do theater. And when I was in college, I got my degree in theater and dance. And so I've always used the gifts that God has given me to and express them in a creative way. So I just began when I was doing my book I was actually going through a really challenging time in my life and I was, I began journaling about the lessons and the things that God was teaching me in that, in that season. And I began journaling about the fears that I was having and, and just the disappointments and everything. And years later, God was like, that's a book that's a book. And so I went back to it and I added more because, you know, as you grow and you learn and you live, you know, you gain wisdom. And so I added more. I wasn't even sure that after I wrote it, if it was something that would resonate with other people, you know what I mean? Because you write something and you think, okay, so this touches me, this has helped to heal me and grow me, but I don't know if it would have an effect on other people's lives. So before I got it published, I said, you know, let me kind of put it to the test. And I put an ad in Craigslist and I asked people to read my book I said, read my book and follow the journal questions and the challenges and allow me to chronicle your journey on film. And so people answered the ad and it was sort of a motley crew of <laughs> different people. I had old people, young people, people from different cultural backgrounds, but they they were really all earnest in their, their They had come to a place, I'd say, in their lives where they were ready to change and to transform and to do something new because you can read a book, but at the end of the day, a book is just, you know, a piece of paper with a lot of words on it, unless you are ready, you know what I mean? To make the change in your life. And so these people were. And so when I chronicled their journey on film, it really amazed me. They, they really released their fears. They, they just, their lives completely transformed. And so I knew then that I should uh, publish it because if perfect strangers could read the book and follow it and get such a transformational result to their lives, then it was something that I believe that could bless and help other people. So that's how my book came to be. I created the online course because I noticed that when I worked personally with people, that they had even, even bigger transformation. So I wanted to be able to coach people through it and spend more time more time with them on each of the revelations. In the book, there are seven chapters that I refer to as revelations, and they cover things like fear, forgiveness, commitment, trust surrender, perseverance, and gratitude. So I wanted to be able to coach people through that and sort of help them and spend at least three weeks covering, you know, each revelation. So that's where the online course came through. And because I've always loved theater and I recognize, you know, the power that movie and television and film has, you know, on our generation, that I knew that If we told these stories in a cinematic way, and they would reach a larger audience, and they would let people know, like I said, that they weren't alone, and they would touch on issues that people don't normally talk about, you know, the things we cry about when we're alone, you know what I mean? But when we find out somebody else has gone through that, and somebody else has overcome that, then we identify, we see ourselves in that struggle, and then we're empowered and know that we can get over it, and that we can overcome it.
0: Well, let's talk about that online course. Tell people what they can expect if they sign up and take your course.
1: Okay. Well, Live More, Carry Less, I'd say, is for women who have come to a place in their life where they're just ready for change. They're ready to conquer their fears. They're ready to be fully committed and reach their goals. They're ready to release the past and experience the freedom of forgiveness. And I teach them to trust in their unique journey. I teach them what it feels like to give radical kindness and receive it in return. We go through how what it is to surrender thoughts of lack, limitation, worry, self-doubt, because you know we all have those, and to be unapologetically present for your miraculous journey, which is your life. The the revelation on gratitude. I approach gratitude in a different way. And I think gratitude is about really being present, being present in the moment. Because many of us, because the way life is and society is, we're worried or we're fretting about something in the past or something about the future. Well, those two things don't exist. The past is gone and the future isn't here yet. So the only thing we really have is this moment. So I think when you are fully operating in gratitude, you're living in this moment because this is the moment where your power is because this is the moment that you have that you can make a decision to change your life or to be grateful for what you are experiencing in that moment. And you'll never have this moment again. So that's what I teach in gratitude. And we go over a lot of things like that. Forgiveness and releasing the past and creating boundaries and trust, trusting your unique journey. We live in a culture that, we see things on social media and we're always constantly comparing ourselves. I've done that too, where I've seen something on social media, I'll see somebody else progressing in an area that I wanted to progress in and you feel bad about myself in that season. And I remember, I can actually tell you a specific story about that. I saw something on social media and I felt really bad about what I saw and it made me kind of question where I was because at the time I was going through, you know, a challenge in my life. And somebody else's life seemed, it was glamorous and beautiful and wonderful. And you know how we put our best foot forward on social media. So (laughs) everything looks glossy and perfect. And so I remember feeling really depressed and, and I had to kind of pray and get myself out of that space. Well, fast forward 10 years later, the same person who I saw who had a fabulous life on social media was actually going through then a time where she was struggling with cancer and possibly losing her life. And God taught me a lesson in that season that when we idolize somebody's, you know, life, you never know what they're going through. You never know what is going to happen in their life in the future. So it's important to appreciate where we are and look at our journey because, you know, 10 years later, I was in a different place than I was in that moment. So I teach that and Live More, Carry Less to Trust your unique journey. Trust where God is taking you and the lessons you are learning. And then it's going to get you to where you're supposed to be and not look to the right or left and comparing yourself to somebody else's journey.
0: Well, let's talk about, speaking of journey, let's talk about (laughs) the three barriers that prevent people from over, not being able to overcome and achieve their goals.
1: Okay, so well, there are, When I think of there are two things. So in my course, like I said, I use my IRO method and my IRO method, like I said, is to identify. So first we identify any challenges or beliefs blocking you from achieving your goals and living sort of an abundant, fearless, purpose-filled life. And then we recognize what the root cause of that behavior or thought pattern is. Because as I said, until you pull something out by the root, it will continue to grow. And finally, we overcome the limited thinking and beliefs that no longer serve you by stepping out of your comfort zone and putting your newfound understanding into action. So that's the IRO method, but I will show you that in real time. Say you are struggling with a fear and maybe your fear is, is me think. do you have a fear? I can do my IRO method on you. (laughs) Do you want to share a fear?
0: I mean, uh, something like just... (laughs) not being able to measure up or trying something and not being successful and have to admit, Oh, this didn't work.
1: Okay. Okay. So, so many of us have a fear because something didn't work in the past, right? We tried to accomplish a goal and it didn't work in the past. Well, so you identify that fear. So your fear is moving forward because you have a history of maybe disappointments or hurt or woundedness. So then I recognize the root cause of that fear and It could be something as simple as something didn't work in the past and so you're hurt and so you're fearful that because it didn't work then, it won't work now. Or it could be your root cause could be maybe when you were younger, you were told or an incident happened where you felt that you were not enough or not good enough. You know what I mean? And a lot of people struggle with that. A lot of people have had their their root cause when we look deeper into it and I give you I give you downloadables and things to help you find that root cause. But when you recognize what it is, it could be something that happened in the past, you know, where you were a child and you were taught that maybe you weren't good enough or you felt that you couldn't measure up or that, you know, you just weren't enough. And so we do exercises to remind you of your value and to build your self-worth and to recognize that just because something didn't happen in the past doesn't mean that it's not going to happen today, there are a lot of people and a lot of stories where myself, as an actress, I can't tell you how many times I've been rejected, (laughs) how many times I've auditioned for something and been told no, or I wasn't what they were looking for. If I decided that because of all the rejection that I had, that nothing ever was going to change, then I wouldn't have just done the movie that I just booked last last week. Last week, I just worked on a film. But of course, I can't tell you how many times that I've auditioned and been rejected and told no, and it wasn't going to happen. And, you know, we hear of stories like that, even with Tyler Perry, where he says that he had to sleep in his car and before he sold or got the money to fund or, you know, do his first play. We can't let things that have happened in the past just determine our present or determine what God is going to do in the future. And then when I say I give you exercises or challenges to overcome is really because it's one thing to understand something in your mind to, to really say, okay, I understand this, Aaron, that this fear is based on this and that I have to recognize that just because something didn't happen in the past doesn't mean it's not going to happen in the present or in the future. That's one thing that's a mental acknowledgement of that, but you have to physically do an activity to help you really get into the space of overcoming it. So I will give you an example. One of the readers, her name is Shereya. She had a fear of being outside of doing things. She feared travel, going to places by herself, all of these things. And so when we recognize the root cause of that, I gave her a challenge, her revelation challenge, which is in each revelation that you go through, you have a challenge, whether it's forgiveness, your revelation challenge is to forgive. You actually do the act of forgiving some somebody. If the revelation challenge is trust, then I have you do something where you're stepping out on faith and doing something that you've been afraid to do, where you're trusting God or your unique journey to do something, whether it's starting a business or just whatever it is that you have not been trusting an area that you were fearful in. So her fear, I said, we're going to hike up a hill. And she was like, hike because the idea of being outside and being with bugs and the whole thing was just very, you know, overwhelming to her, but she was ready to move to a different place in her life. So she trusted me and she, the revelation challenge. So when we did the challenge, we go out into this, we go hiking, but it's really hot outside. And so when I meet up with her, she has on like a turtleneck, you know, her on, and it's, I think it was like 90 something degrees, but she didn't want anything to touch her. And I was like, okay, so we're going to hike up this hill. You're going to hike in the turtleneck. She was like, yes. So I said, okay. So we start hiking up the hill. And as we start hiking, of course, you know, she begins to get hot, but she still, you know, wants to keep the turtleneck on to kind of protect herself. But the more we hike, the more she gets comfortable with the surrounding. And so she starts, you know, pulling off the turtleneck and then she kind of takes off the jacket that she has. So by the time we get to the top, she's crying and I'm crying because she felt like on the journey that she had been released, that she had been being released, you know, from the fears and things that had held her back. So When we got to the top, you know, she put her hands in the air and she, you know, by then she just had on a t-shirt. But what happened in her life is what I consider, I can't describe it. I've seen it happen in a lot of people's lives. When you do one thing that you've been afraid to do, it's like a domino effect. It like puts out all of the other things that you've been afraid to do. That year, she ended up flying. She ended up going places she never did. She actually wrote her own book about goal setting. So it completely transformed her life, just conquering one fear of being outside and of being exposed to nature and the elements actually emboldened something in her spirit that if I did that, I can do all of these other things. And so I the revelation challenge to me is one of the most important parts because it's one thing to understand something it's another thing to put it into action so I always encourage people in fact I almost demand it that they then take take the knowledge that they've gained and put it into practice to put it into action because that's truly when your life begins to change when you go out and act out the thing that you've learned and that's when you can become it It's one thing to have it in your mind. It's another have it in your heart, but it's another thing to walk it out. Walk that thing out in your life. That's when transformation really comes.
0: Well, let's talk about forgiveness. I'm gonna throw a Bible verse at you. You know that the Bible.
1: All right. right. The Bible talks about about,
0: right. So the Bible talks about forgiving people. You have to be able to forgive people or God will not forgive you. Mm -hmm. So, in your opinion, what does forgiveness mean? And how do we release the past.
1: I'm glad you asked me that because, okay, so there's no perfect process or formula when it comes to forgiveness, because especially if the affront is egregious. And I really wanted to be sensitive with that when I was writing about forgiveness and when I was working with people on forgiveness, because forgiveness can range from anything to, we have some people are dealing with horrific things like having a loved one murdered or something that's a petty squabble in the family. You know what I mean? It can run run the gamut, but forgiveness is forgiveness. I believe every situation, like every person is different. And the beginning of forgiveness, as with everything, is prayer. And although each path to forgiveness is as different as the offense, there are certain steps that will lead you on your way. So I believe that whatever was done, despite whoever did it, you must first learn to accept it. Rehearsing it over and over in your mind or lamenting about how you wish things had turned out differently is never going to change what happened. So you first have to accept it, it happened. And and saying, well, I wish they would have and it should have gone this way. It didn't go that way. It didn't happen the way you had hoped or wanted it to happen, Accept that it didn't happen. And that may be painful, but acceptance is a huge part of forgiveness. Now, acceptance doesn't mean that you have to be okay with what happened because we can still be not okay with it but you do have to accept that it happened. And it also means that you understand fully that your power doesn't exist in the past to change it. Your power exists in the present to overcome it. So acceptance enables you to move forward, to create reasonable uh, expectations, boundaries, and maybe have heartfelt discussions with loved ones or to make the decisions you need to make regarding your life. So when I was married and I'm now divorced, And that took a lot of forgiveness. (laughs) I had to forgive things that were done that were very hurtful to me. And so I had to recognize and accept that it happened and to make peace with it and to understand that that person is human and that if I was going to carry bitterness and hatred and hurt around, that the person it would affect most would be me, that I would be living in a prison you know what I mean, of rehashing what happened over and over again, how they did me wrong and how it should have happened this way. That's not going to change what happened. I had to accept that they did that. And then I have to decide that I'm worth the freedom of not carrying that bitterness around. And because Christ has forgiven me of so many things, I have to make the decision to forgive that person so I can be free and walk forward in what I know Christ has for me. So because, not saying that's easy, that is a journey But I took it and I help other people to take it because carrying around unforgiveness, it builds disease in our bodies. It literally makes you sick. There are studies that show what emotions affect our health and unforgiveness is one that absolutely has an effect on your health. And it it just, just causes you to get sick over time when you're carrying bitterness and anger around. And it causes you, I believe, as a Christian, it stops you from going forward and receiving what God has for you next. So in in essence, when I say that I'm unforgiving, or I'm going to remain bitter and mad, I'm saying that I'm not trusting you to heal what they hurt. But I do trust you, God. I trust you to heal what they hurt. So I'm going to release that. I'm going to let that go and I'm going to give that pain and that wound to you, Lord. And I'm going to trust you to heal my heart. I'm going to release and not carry that anymore because I believe that you have something for me beyond that pain that they caused, beyond that moment, because I'm still here. So you must have something for me. You must have tomorrow for me. And I need to trust in that you have something new for me when, when, when I release that hurt to you and allow myself to be healed.
0: I know that you also work to help people overcome hurdles. So talk about the most challenging hurdle in your life that you've had to overcome.
1: I would say (laughs) you probably won't understand this one, but I know the women in your audience will. I would say one of the more challenging hurdles I've had to deal with was menopause. And that's because that for me, it changed the perception of how I saw myself. And because when I went into menopause, there's a couple of things that happen instantly. It's like you blink and overnight you gain like 35 pounds and you're, so everything is changing. You're, you're, you feel like everything is changing. That's, that's the best way. It's almost like you're going through, let's say like when you, when you're younger and you're going and your body's, I can't, I'm trying to think of the word for it, but I, Okay. I can't think of the word for it. So I'm just going to go with what I felt. So when I was in menopause, I gained weight overnight. It is the end to fertility. And so it's a huge change. And so it affected the way I saw myself and my self-esteem. And so I had to trust that all of these things that my body was going through, all of these transformations that I was going through, didn't, didn't define who I was as a woman and didn't define my value and my worth. And so I had to come to grips again with myself and realize that everything that I was going through emotionally, that everything that I was going through physically, physically was just a season. And to find my, my self-worth and my value and who I knew God had created me to be. And that may sound silly when it comes to menopause, but until you've been in it, you don't truly understand, but I know that the women who are listening truly understand what that is. And so that was one of the harder things that I had to go through because anytime you lose yourself and forget who you are and your own value, you're in a, you know, in an awkward and odd place. So it's a season of your life, but I overcame it by, like I said, Finding, uh, changing my diet and finding a way that worked with my body to balance myself again, trusting that the value that I had as a woman as I was growing older was worth more than the value that I put into something physical on how I looked when I was younger. Because when you're older, I, I was now wiser. I was actually still more self confident and grounded in my own views and opinions than I was when I was younger. So all of those things have value and they have worth. And I had to look to those and recognize the beauty beauty of aging versus what society wraps around it and says that it's something that we should be ashamed of. That it's something that women should stop and, and that we should try to fight by any means necessary, but actually embrace the beauty of aging, which was my self-worth, which was understanding who I am, which was the comfort level I had had at saying no to anything that I really didn't want to do. There are certain things, you know, come with aging, certain peace that you don't have when you're younger. And so I began to value those things and value myself and change my diet. So I felt more comfortable on my own body. And those are the things that helped me to overcome. That was sort of my, I'd say my bigger challenge to date.
0: Why do you feel like our individual stories are essential in helping people to heal and inspiring them?
1: I think that stories, our stories are used to really to remind people that they're not alone. When we first did them, before STEM became a movie, like I said, it was a play and I was a part of it. And we would tour, we would go from churches to churches throughout the nation. So we toured the nation for three years. And at that time, we talked about domestic violence. The stories were domestic violence, rape, adultery, body shaming, and another woman gave her testimony about an abortion she had had. And so these are topics that sometimes aren't discussed in the body of Christ, and, but they're very real and women go through them. And when we stood on stage and there were no props, no sets, but we were just sort of transparent and naked in our truth about things that we had gone through, things that mistakes that we had made. Not just things that had hurt us, but the mistakes that we had made. And, and we also told us stories of triumph. And so people identified with that they were able to see themselves in those stories. They were able to to say, you know what? Because a lot of times what the enemy does is he gets us alone and he makes us think that we're the only one who's experiencing that. That that mistake, we're the only ones who were foolish enough to make that mistake. We're the only ones who've been hurt that way. But that's just not true. There's absolutely somebody on this earth who's experienced what you've experienced. Maybe not in the same way, but they've lost. They've been disappointed. They've been told that they're not enough. They've made a mistake that they thought that maybe God would never forgive them for. And we stood on that stage and we let women know, I've been where you are. I felt the pain you felt, but I've overcome this and God has forgiven this and he's given me a new start and I've rebounded. And because I've done that and he's no respecter of person, and I'm not so fantastic or fabulous that you can't do that same thing too. So that's what happens when we tell our stories. It allows people to identify and recognize that they're not alone and it empowers women to let them know that they can too, whether that story is in a play or whether it's something we read. Like even when you see when Serena and Venus came on the scene in tennis, all of a sudden little black girls across America thought, hey, I can do that too, because they saw it in front of them. That's still a story. That's them telling the story of their journey. That's these little girls seeing their story played out, you know, in real time. So I believe that all of our lives are a story that you know, inspire and encourage other people and remind other people that there are certain heights and things and goals that they can accomplish, overcome, or that they're not alone in their pain or their tragedy and that God has something else for them on the other side of it.
0: Talk about the importance of self-care.
1: Self-care. I really believe too that when I say that my, my online course, Live More, Carry Less. And when people ask me, who is it for? I say it's for women who are ready to embark on a journey of radical self-care and elevation. Because I believe that we live in a time where things are happening so fast. And, and either, I mean, we live in a time where people are watching TV, but while they're watching TV, they're also on their phones, their phones are coming, are going off or they're texting or doing stuff. And then you add women who have children with that. So you're watching TV, your phone is going off. You're making sure your little ones are okay. You're cooking dinner, you're going to work. So there's a lot happening to all of us at the same time and men as well, but I can speak more to women because I'm a woman. And so I believe that we need to now carve out a time for self-care. And that means a reduction of the noise and all of the distractions that are constantly coming at us 24-7, like the television. We have a 24-7 news cycle. When I grew up, and I don't know how old you are, Curtis, but when I grew up, television went off at 12. Remember? I don't know. <laughs> it went yep, off at and 12. It, and not 12 only would it started, go off at
0: 12, we have yeah. that song like a rock.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it would play the star spangled banner yep. and it would go off and you couldn't get television after that. If you turned it on, all you got was white noise. It was white fuzz. But now there's a 24 hour television and content and things are, you know, we're inundated with it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And so we have to take the time out. We have to make an effort to make a decision to say, you know what, I'm going to cut off the noise. I need a little quiet and I need to look inward and see what's going on with me. And so, and that's why I go over the issues of, like I said, fear, forgiveness, commitment, trust, perseverance, surrender, gratitude, because help women to look inward and see what's going on with you. Are you okay in this area? Let's examine this. Let's take some time to take care of you so you can be stronger and better on the other end. Because when women take care of themselves, they're able to be more um, beneficial to their children, to their families, to their community to the body of Christ. And so I think self-care is paramount right now because we all need to step away, (laughs) step away from all the stuff and look inward and see what God wants to say to us and see the places that we need to heal and build up. You know what I mean? In terms of self-esteem and in in terms of healing, in terms of just taking the time to breathe and and cut out the noise.
0: Speaking of healing, Why do you believe God uses our pain to propel us into purpose?
1: Well, um, because we're saved by, you know, the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And so I think our testimony usually involves pain or things that we've overcome. Because how do we know that who God is, if I hadn't seen him provide for me when I have anything, if I hadn't seen him heal from me when I felt broken, when I had seen him, you know, do something miraculous when I felt like there was no other way out. So I think that everything we go through as Christians or as believers is a part of our testimony and again, a part of our story. And that that pain can be used purposeful and that it helps other people overcome and that. Sometimes you go through something because like I said, when I wrote The Dunes, it's because I was going through something. I was going through a painful time and some challenges in my life, but God used that pain to propel me into purpose because now that it's a book that like I told you that other people read that has transformed their life. Now it's a course that's able to help women across the country and it's available obviously outside of our country, but it's able to help so many more. And that all began with a painful time. That I was going through that all began with disappointment that i was going through that was hurtful to me that i didn't understand why it was happening at that time in my life god used that pain in in those situations and circumstances to have me write it down, to have me do my IRO method to identify what was going on, to recognize the root cause and then to step out on faith and overcome it, to overcome it by writing a book, by creating a course to help other women overcome it, by creating movies to help other women overcome the things that they were going through. So that's how I feel that God uses our pain to propel us into purpose. Well,
0: speaking of pain, you overcome, Came painful divorce, to, in order to give people tips that can maybe help them in the same situation that you were in. Mm-hmm. Talk about as much as you can about overcoming that that divorce and what you did and how you made it.
1: Okay, well, in terms of the divorce, like I said, I teach something in my course "Live More, Carry Less" called telling yourself a new story, and I realized initially at the very beginning, like I said, divorce is painful and anyone who's gone through a divorce knows that. And at the beginning, of course, you know, you're, you're hurt and you're telling yourself a story about how not a story as in not true, but it's your story. It's something that sharing with the people closest to you, because I didn't share the pain that I was going through with many. I had like maybe two or three close friends and I just, you know, kept it in there. It's not something that, you know, i Publicized, But with them, I would share the story of, you know, what hurt me, what I was going through, what this person did that I thought was unfair or shouldn't have been done. And so I realized one day that I had grown addicted to my story and that it was blocking my healing. Because I said, you know, they did this and this was hurtful and why did this happen and such and such. And it was a story that I realized that I had rehearsed over and over about how I had been done wrong. And there's something that can happen. We become because there's a moment when you're hurt that, of course, you need to share and vent and say what hurt you. And and that's a part of the healing process to get it off your chest. But there's a part where we can become addicted to our story where we're telling that story too much. And that story becomes, you know, the thing. And and it dawned on me. And I think God showed me like, baby, you're addicted to this story now. You told the story too many times. And it became the thing. It was almost like if I stopped telling the story, what was I then going to hold on to? And I realized that I was in fear of sort of releasing it all because I didn't know what to put in its place And so when I was able to surrender the story of my pain to God, surrender the story of my disappointment of the things that I felt like that had been, that I had been done wrong about, that it was helping me to forgive and release. So I think that that fits in any scenario, whether it be divorce or something else, that we can become addicted to the story, the story of how we were hurt, the story of how we were done wrong. And we tell that story so many times, but we need to release that story. And so I had to release that story. And let it go. I made the decision. I'm not going to talk about this anymore. I'm not going to talk about what he did or how this happened. It's over. It's the past. And I'm going to trust God and give this up. And, and I realized I had been holding on to it, like I said, for fear and because I felt justified because I felt like a victim, but I'm nobody's victim. And I so, also had to release the victimhood of it. I'm power and Christ gives me power. You know what I mean? He empowers us to overcome. And so I released the story of that pain and it helped me to forgive and it helped me to walk in the new. And it helped me to turn the page and get onto the next chapter. And when I learned that, I knew it was something that I needed to add to my course to help other women who have been holding on to a story. You know what I mean? To release it. There's a moment that you have your story and it's your story and you got hurt, but there's also a time that you you let that story go because once you become addicted to that story, all you're doing is living that same story over and over again. You have to release it so you can have a new story, a new story of what God is doing now, a new story of victory, a new story of thriving in spite of what happened a new story of overcoming a new story of rebounding which is miraculous and beautiful and now i'm in this story the story where i help people overcome the past and embark on the next chapter of their lives
0: well let's talk about any current or upcoming projects that you're working on that people need to know about
1: okay Well, like I said, I just did a movie. (laughs) I just did a movie. It's called Night Games, but they're still filming that. So it will not come out until probably next year. Sometimes that's how it is with the movie business. But I'd love for people to go to livemorecarryless.com and join me on this journey. If you are someone, it's for women, like I said, who are ready to embark on a radical journey of self-care and elevation. It's for group members who are ready to cultivate their next chapter. Because we, a lot of groups come in, whether they be book clubs or Christian groups, and it's also for organizations who want to provide value for their members or participants or for their convention attendees. So go to livemorecarryless.com, and uh, you can keep up with me there, or you can go to erinwileysands.com, where I do a blog, political blog, and other things, and or follow me on social media, Aaron Wiley Sands.
0: Hey, you just answered my next question. So therefore,
1: oh, <laughs> therefore where follow me. <laughs> oh,
0: absolutely. So therefore, give us some final thoughts to close it out.
1: Um, I would say that I want to encourage anyone who may be going through something that I've been where you are. And if you're hurting or if or even if you're saying I'm not hurting, but I am ready to start a next chapter because we've all been going through a time of COVID and there, we've all experienced a certain amount of loss, whether you've lost a loved one, whether you've lost a business or a dream or a hope. There are many things like I had a show that I created that was about to get funding and go into production and COVID hit. And so all of those plans got canceled. And so we've all experienced a lot of loss and a lot of you know it's just been a crazy time so I want you to know if you're going through that and if you've experienced that that you are not alone that we're all kind of finding our way back through this crazy thing but that God is real and that there is something for you in this and there's something for you on the other side of this and so I hope that you will join me and live more carry less and give yourself that radical self-care in the season, reinvent the things that you may need to reinvent, to rethink the things you may need to rethink. And create a new you, if that's what it's calling for, or dust off the old you and find your spunk and stamina again in this new season, because it is a new season. I don't think it's ever going to be the way it was, but we can be renewed in this new normal. You know what I mean? We can find our place in this new normal and go forward and be dynamic and productive and bear much fruit and do great things.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, livemorecarryless.com. AaronWallySands.com. I would like to invite my listeners and ask you to subscribe, rate, review, share this episode to as many people as possible to help them live more and carry less Android users. Go to the Google Play Store and download the Living a Dream with Curveball podcast. Aaron, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been great fun.